Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Outcast X, Outcast X podcast. I'm super excited for this podcast we have today. We have an amazing guest. Uh, like every week, we're going to have Brick. Uh, he's actually going to read the Outcast X motto, our mission statement. So, Brick, take it away. Yes, sir. So, with Outcast X, our mission is to empower those who defy norms, setting themselves apart globally. We support the Outcast striving for fitness, the trailblazer achieving financial freedom, the fighter conquering addictions. And the determined soul is distancing them from those hindering their life goals. So today we have with us Braxton Buck. I've I've known Braxton, Braxton. Buck for a little bit. We were uh, we kind of grew up together, um, but we wanted Braxton on the podcast because he's um, he's involved in his in his dad's business. He's created um, you know. As, as much wealth as you can for our age um, with, with the stock market, kind of self-taught, um, super smart guys. We just wanted to have him on there to kind of pick his brain a little bit. So Braxton, thanks for, for coming on our podcast. Yeah, I appreciate it, guys. Thanks for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, of course. So it's like I mentioned, you you are in the stock market. Yep. What kind of stocks do you do? So I try and trade options as much as I can. That's like my bread and butter, I know. But how I actually got started in the stock market is value investing. So I, so let me backtrack and get into how I got in the stock yeah, market. Yeah, I don't know a lot about everything. Yeah. So you yeah. got to keep <laughs> yeah. the green no. value market. Is yeah. Act like we're entry level newbies here, okay. if that makes okay. sense. I'll, I'll backtrack to like how you want to get in the stock market. Because oh, how like old are you? I am 22 years old. Okay. Yes, yeah. he's younger than us and he's killing it. <laughs> 22 years old. Um, so what? how I kind of got into it is all through high school, I always knew I didn't want to go to college. Wanted to like have my own business in a sense or make my own money. And I tried a couple things. So I, I actually tried drop shipping, which I've, I'm sure a majority of people have heard about. <laughs> and I, I set up like a, a pet store, like an online pet store. And I was going to drop ship random like pet supplies and stuff. And my, my main thing was like a, the hand brush for pets. Like you put it <laughs> yeah, on your hand, yeah. and like pet the dogs and it brushes them. <laughs> so I set up this whole website and stuff and uh, got everything set up. I was just about to get rid of the marketing stuff and my payment processor, I couldn't set up because I wasn't 18 yet. I was still 16 or 17 at the time. Really? And so I couldn't legally set up a payment processor. And so I just, it kind of like, I gave up. And just cause I, I don't know, like it, the whole time I was building that website and stuff, like something didn't feel right in me. And I was like, like I was doing it mostly with the money in mind and not like something I enjoyed doing necessarily. And so I did that and then I gave up and I didn't really do anything. I was still in school, just going to school. Uh, I was working at Walmart at the time and my friend, he actually was in the stock market before me, Josh Edwards. Um, and we'll have Josh on. Yeah. Josh is Josh. An awesome guy. Um, but Josh, we're at Walmart and he's my, he's my coworker. And he told me about a uh, skull candy. He just bought skull candy stock. And I was like, Oh, you're in the stock market. I was like, that's pretty cool. And he told me about it and stuff. And then like, so I kind of watched that stock and I watched it go down and I was like, are you making money on it? And he's like, no, nah, dude, I actually lost some money. I was like, dang, that sucks, man. And so I, I kind of knew that's how I got first introduced to the stock market. And so he kind of dabbled a little more in there here and there. And so didn't really touch it yet for another year goes by. And this is like my senior year, I believe. Um, we, I go on a vacation with him to California with my mom on a work trip. And while we're there, he's in a stock, uh, a Marin AMRN is the ticker. And it went from $2 a share to like $27 a share. Wow. In the time we were on like three days out in California. 
and he made like $24,000 with like $2,000. And I was like, yeah, I was like, and we're on vacation. And I'm like, dude, this kid's like living life. Like we're on vacation and he just made 20 grand. And I was like, how is this possible? He's in high school, right? He was in high school. Yeah. We're same age. Yeah. And so an 18 year old making 20 grand. Yeah. He kind of had an in. He didn't find the stock himself. His grandpa. So it was actually a, uh, pharmaceutical drug company or something in Texas, I believe. And his grandpa was in on it, like not in on it, like inside trading, but like he was, he knew about it. He listened to the conference calls, everything. And he knew he was like, Hey, this drug's going through the FDA approval, all these things. So he's like, keep an eye on it. And so Josh just listened to his grandpa and bought in and it paid off. His grandpa was actually up $3 million at one. Yeah. <laughs> that, and Josh has the proof of this. I can show you, like, I remember Josh showing his screenshots and stuff of his TD Ameritrade account, $3 million. I was like, that is insane. So like ever since that happened, I was like, the more I looked into the stock market, I was like, dang, this is like for me. Like, cause like with a traditional business, you have a lot of like, I don't know, like physical things or like, there's a lot of overhead and stuff. Stock market is like, you can do it from your phone anywhere, anytime. So I was like, not anytime, obviously during market hours, but I was like, you know what? This sounds like my kind of thing. I'm not a super like... I, I help my dad run his business and stuff and it's a brick and mortar business. We build houses and stuff, but I was just like, this sounds, this sounds like for me, like I want to be <laughs> able to make this amount of money and stuff. And so I was like, how do I get into it? So when you were deciding to get, go into the stock, going to the stock market, were you planning on working for your dad or were you just planning on going straight to the stock market at high school? Okay. So I honestly, all I knew is I didn't want to go to college. And so I actually didn't plan on necessarily working for my dad yet. I was kind of like told him, I was like, Oh, I'll help you run the business. Like all growing mm-hmm. up. Cause I was just like, I didn't have a plan. So I was yeah. like, the easiest thing to just say is like, oh, I'll help you with the business. Or like, he's like, everyone asked me what I'm doing after high school. I was like, oh, I'm probably going to just work for my dad. And so what ended up happening is my senior year, right towards the end of graduation, I was at a motocross race, broke my collarbone. And so I, oh my I, I quit my job at Walmart because I couldn't really work, broke my collarbone. And I graduated with a broken collarbone, still <laughs> gimpy. And then a couple months in the summer, I, I healed up enough and I went with my dad to a job site and, and I, he was like, you want to work? And I was like, you know what? Yeah, let's do it. So he took me to the payroll company, signed me up and I've been doing masonry for five years now. Wow. Yeah. Five years. That's legit. Yeah. That's awesome. So good backtracking, you know, going to the stock market. Um, really that's like just how it all came about. You know, you learned about it, seeing somebody have 3 million account, make 20 grand on vacation. Yeah. That's something people dream about today. That's like, I mean, as a high school, that's what you dream about. And that's what yeah. people in their 50s, 60s dream about as well. That's just outstanding. Like that's incredible. And so from that point where you learned about it, like, how did you get started into it? And like, whether did you put any money or were there any risks that you were concerned about going to the stock market? Were there any failures? Like how, how, how was that looking? Plenty of failures, plenty. Um, so, so after he showed me that stuff, I kind of, so I was 17 at the time still, cause I was like the youngest in my grade. So I didn't turn 18 my senior year until pretty much the very end of the year. And this was in March when he had made his 20 grand or whatever on vacation. Mm-hmm. And so, 
there's a thing called a joint account you can open up with your parents. And so I asked my dad and my dad was super okay with it. He's like, yeah, let's, let's get you involved. So would you recommend people doing that? I want to get in the stock market? Getting involved in it? Yeah. And like, in, and if I, they're in high school, I would, but I would, I would make sure, you know, kind of what you're getting to at least a little bit okay. before, cause that's the thing now. Like I feel like stock market, anything day trading, it is so it's all over social media. It's everywhere. And people make it seem a lot easier than it is. And there's a lot of fake gurus out there who will just want your money and not actually teach you anything. So just do your due diligence, which I'll get into and like how I found my mentors and stuff and how I knew how to do my, like okay. what I know how to do and stuff. It's legit. Yeah. But so back to what I was saying about how I got into it. Um, so I, March opened the joint account, uh, TD Ameritrade and at the time, this was like when weed stocks were a super big thing. And I remember those. Yeah. Like it was super big. Everyone's like, oh, they're going to make a lot of money. This, that, like this was like all the FD approvals, like every state was passing them. And so I was like, I'm going to just, so I put in like two grand in the account and I was, I think, yeah. So a couple months had passed. I had two grand in the account. I actually got scared to like buy anything. Like I feel like when you actually get real money involved, you get really nervous on like actually using it. And so I didn't touch it for a couple months and then the weed stock craze was going on. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to put a thousand dollars into, I think it was uh, ACB Aurora cannabis. And it was, this, I can't remember the prices exactly. It was under $10. And so I, I put in a thousand dollars, which obviously now knowing I should have averaged in and stuff and done my due diligence, <laughs> but like, obviously just me thinking like, Oh, this is going to 10 X. So I'm going to make 10 grand on a thousand bucks. Everybody hopes. Yeah. Everyone hopes that. And like, that's what everyone's saying online. Like, Oh, this is going to 10 X, 20 X, whatever. They're going to game stop it. Game, game stop. stop. It. Exactly. To the moon, baby. Yeah. <laughs> and like, I was actually trading like, I had been trading for a year or two when that happened and that was crazy, but and I'll get into that in a second. But yeah, so put in a thousand bucks and I kid you not, I think that company was the worst, like, <laughs> like worst, uh, producing weed company or something like they claimed they were going to open a bunch more locations or something or grows. I'm not sure exactly. I didn't do any due diligence into the company. I just, I was like, this one's cheap and they could probably make me a lot of money. So <laughs> put it in there. And I think I was down 50% within a week. Like wow. it went down quick and I was like, shoot. And so I just held and held and actually ended up losing like all thousand dollars of it. Wow. So the company pretty much went under. <laughs> oh, it, yeah. I think what happened was, um, yeah, I think I lost like 80% on it. And so I had like a thousand bucks and I was like, dang, that sucks. But yeah, so that was like my first loss, like taste of the loss. And I'm pretty like stubborn, like hardheaded sometimes. So this didn't like that first loss didn't deter you from going back into the market, putting more money. No, I think I, I got mad and I wanted revenge <laughs> trade. Like I was like, I need to make that back now. And, more, yeah, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So I think with the remaining money in the account, um, I bought another stock. I can't recall it off the top of my head, but I ended up losing like 50%. brought my account down to like 500 bucks. And then I just, it sat there for a minute and I worked for a little bit more, saved up some money. And I was like, I, I was kind of thinking about giving up. Cause I was like, you know what? Like maybe stock market isn't for me whatever. But then I like, I, I kind of started following some like people on Instagram about who trade stocks. And I had TikTok at the time and I found a couple of people there talking about it. And I was like, you know what, like this, I still want to give it another shot. So I think I saved up some money. I think I opened up a Robinhood account actually, because I think I just opened it to get the free stock or whatever. Mm -hmm. And like, I think I put two grand in there and I put another five grand in my TD Ameritrade account. I was going to actually 
try and trade in my TD Ameritrade account. And then the Robinhood was going to be more long-term stuff. And let's see. Yeah. So I ended up, I think blowing that $5,000 trying to trade because <laughs> I went straight from losing money that $2,000. And then I learned about options and immediately got into options trading with that $5,000 and lost it like really quick. Like if anyone knows what options are, mm-hmm. I'm not going to try and break them down because it's really complicated, but it's pretty much leveraged. Um, you're buying hundred shares for cheap and then yeah, it's leveraged dog trading pretty much. Anyways, high risk, high reward blew through that money so fast. Cause I had zero, I, I knew how to trade like buy and sell and basic indicators, but I had no concept of stop losses or like the psychology that goes into trading and, and all that kind of stuff. So I just blew right through that $5,000. And after that, I was like really discouraged. And I think I was, I had a, a Chinese company in my Robinhood account. And this was like when the Chinese fear was going on with Trump and stuff. And it was like super down. I just kept buying it and buying it because it was getting cheaper and cheaper. And I was just hoping it would go back up pretty much. Mm-hmm. No, Was this the dating app? Yeah, the dating app, Momo, I believe. Yeah, yeah, Chinese dating app. Because I was like, yeah, I think this was the start of like COVID and stuff. And I was like, dude, all these people have got to be inside spending money on their little emojis, you know? Like, you yeah. see those Chinese dating apps where they're just like paying $10 to like send cute girls emojis or whatever. What in the world? Wild. Yeah. They like pop up on the screen. Anyways. But like, I, I did some due diligence in that one. And they had like a bunch of active users and stuff. So kept buying that gave up on the trading for a minute and like i just worked for like a year i'd say so this went into like 21 yeah like 2021 i believe is when i kind of got back into it but i'd say there was a six month gap where I, i'd say i kind of gave up like because mm-hmm. i was like i believe seven thousand dollars now and i was like i'm doing something wrong um so during that six month period were you like were you thinking about find a mentor or were you just like, I'm done. I'm out. I'm tapped out. Um, I'm, I'm, I've lost five, six grand already. I'm done. Um, I would say, no, I'd say like, I pretty much gave up on the trading aspect of it. I was like, maybe I'll just open a Roth IRA and buy, you know, like safe index bonds mm-hmm. and stuff like that. But I, I was pretty like, I was just like, oh, I'm going to just work and see what happens. That makes sense. But, um, I can't remember what happened. I, so I had, I followed these, a couple guys that actually the mentor I ended up paying, Umar Ashraf or whatever his name is, can't pronounce his last name. Anyways, uh, he had a really big day. Like it was a six figure day or something like $100,000 wow. in a day. And I was like, okay, if this guy can do it, there's like nothing stopping me other than myself being able to be in the same position he is like knowledge and like the discipline and stuff to be able to get where he is to be able to do that. And so I was like, First of all, so back to the dropshipping thing, I got into that. I paid a mentor and I just pretty much picked the first one I found and paid him like mm-hmm. to learn how to dropship, which looking back on it was so stupid because that guy is non-existent <laughs> now. Like he fell face of the earth. I'm pretty sure he took all of his uh, course profits and just left and actually didn't, didn't know what he was doing in dropshipping. So I, I kind of took that and uh, like I, I did my, I checked everyone for looking for a mentor. I was like, making sure they showed like realized profits, like logging into their trading accounts, like showing that they were legit. Cause I didn't want to pay someone who was faking everything to make money off people. I wanted What's them the to- biggest difference. I know a lot of people listen, listen to this may want to get the stock market. Mm-hmm. For me, I've traded the Forex before a little bit. That's yeah. a crazy beast to That's be in. Crazy. That's a crazy beast. Um, but for someone that's wanting to find a mentor, what like top three things would you want to look for 
top, so they don't get scammed. Yeah. Top three things I would look for, like look through all like, like reviews on them. If you can anywhere, like what I find is like the cheaper end of things you're paying for cheaper prices or like cheaper service pretty much. So like I paid Umar, he's my day trading mentor. I paid $3,000 for stock market. I'm going to get to you in for two years. So, okay. but I, at the time justified it. Cause I was like, okay, this guy, he, like he is like, like glass. You can see right through him. Like mm-hmm. he's super, just super, transparent. super transparent. And like, That's he awesome. doesn't like focus on his profits, which I think is really cool. Like he would rather break down his trades and like how he did it rather than be like, Oh, look how much, like, I feel like a lot of like fake gurus are like, Oh, I made a hundred thousand dollars today. Pay me $500 to learn how I did it or whatever. You mm-hmm. know, this guy's like, so when I traded today, like I followed my stop loss and then I actually got stopped out, but early or later it hit my like, price point that I wanted to get in, you know, and like hit my profit target and like broke down his trades mm-hmm. and then told him like at the end of his videos, like how much he made or whatever, you know? So it's like, he focused on the like actual good part of like trading. Cause like, that's the main part a lot of people over yeah. is like, like everyone sees the money. They're like, Oh, I want the money. I want the money. But it's like the, like he breaks down like what he was thinking at this time. And like, cause like when you're in the stock market, you have to deal with losses. Like there's always going to be losses. So it's like how you manage those losses with your emotions and stuff. Cause you'll be in trades. And if you like, it goes past your stop loss and you're like, Oh, it's going to go back up. It's going to either keep going down. And if it does go back up, you didn't follow your plan. And so the next time you trade and you don't like stay disciplined in that, you're going to lose money. Staying on that, you know, losses happen no matter what. I think losses happen in life as well. Like you have your ups and your downs. What do you do in those moments when you're like, I'm going to lose big here. Yeah. But you just keep going. What's your thought process? And what do you do to like, Stay motivated to keep it's, doing it. So what I like to do after I have a loss. So this was a big one for me. I like once you. So I had a couple of really big days, like thousand dollar days in a row. Like I had like a seven thousand dollar day and then a ten thousand dollar day, like back to back. And so you just feel like you're on top of the world. That that next day after those two, a lot of people, including myself, this is what I did. You oversize in your position because you're like. I'm capable of this. I just did this. Mm-hmm. So you overposition your yeah your size, and you get in, and then it goes against you, and then you kind of have like a little bit of an ego because you're like, oh, I can't lose. I just made a lot of money, you know. And then so like you'll average into your position and lose more, and it's terrible because like I made seventeen thousand dollars in two days, but it was like seven thousand dollars the third day because I lost ten grand on that day, and so it was oh, like wow. super frustrating. But what I like to do on those days is like. Obviously, after the dust is settled and stuff, and you kind of kick yourself enough, you if you get a journal and you trade or like journal your trade and be like, okay, this is what I did wrong. Like, this was like you break it down like piece by piece. You're like, okay, my like I was thinking this. Like, what I've learned is like after a big loss or a loss, I will downsize like a ton. Like, so like I usually like. I don't know. Now I just try and make like a hundred to 500 a day when I can trade, I'll get into that. Like I haven't been able to trade a whole lot recently, but my position sizes are usually a thousand, like Mm $5,000. Like back then I didn't have a position size. I tried to stick to it. It was just what I was feeling that day. I was like 20 grand. Like Like casino, like gambling pretty much. Not okay. But yeah. Yeah, But that's fun sometimes. Yeah. So like the best thing to do after loss is like, like kind of, pull yourself together and like focus on the setup rather than making the money. So like, don't focus on the money at all after loss and just focus on like, okay, this is my game plan for today. Like 
like, okay, I think it's going to do this and then stick to your plan. And then the best thing you do is like stay disciplined. Even if you lose money again, like with your plan, like that's the thing, like it's okay to lose money. Like it, that sounds weird to say, but it's like, as long as you stick your plan, like if you think it's going to go up, but it goes down and, but you have a stop loss, you stick to that stop loss and you're saving yourself a lot of like headache pretty much. Mm-hmm. Like, that stop loss will save you so, so much, much money in the long run. But it's crazy. Like until you get into the thing, like you, like you're like, why wouldn't you just stick to it? But like when you're trading something like oh, inside, dude, it's, it's so hard to stay to it. Like unless you have like an automatic stop loss, it's like hard to stay to. I know what thing you're talking about because it, it's hard to explain. Yeah. It just happens in the middle of the trade. You're uh-huh. just like, oh my gosh, should I get out now? Should I stay in? Should I get out? Should I stay in? You know, exactly. type of deal. And then sometimes you get out too early. Too and early. And then it goes then up. Then it goes back up. Yep. And you're like, oh crap. Yep. So I think sticking to your game plan, and like with whether it's, uh, you know, stock market or life, we all have our own game plans. And I think it's, it's crucial to stick to it, even though if you're going up or down, because you're yep. going to have wins, you're going to have losses. Exactly. And so kind of get back into, you know, when you decide your mentor there, um, with, I can't, I'm not going to be able to pronounce Umar, it. Yeah. Umar. <laughs> uh, like you, you said that he, you know, paid three grand for him to get into it. And you know, what, what kind of like, I guess not going to his, like his course training. Cause, yeah. but like what, what led you to, to him, I guess you already went over that, but what led you to like become successful with him? If that makes sense. Um, so what I really liked about Umar is he had like a, so when you bought his course, it was like, he had everything broken down. Like if you were a beginner or like a semi-advanced trader getting into his course, he had it for everyone. Like, so what I really liked about him, and this is why I also went towards him is because he broke every little thing down about the stock market. And so you could kind of dive into what like sector you kind of want to be in, whether you were trading shares or options or even futures. But, um, what I really liked is he has like, he had like two week program. So like, not like two weeks, like an hour here or there, but like, if you were to sit down for two weeks, like that's how long the course was. And so it really like broke everything down. I actually watched that course twice. And so I got a notebook and like was able to just write everything down and like taking as much information as I could. But, and I just liked his group. Like he had a lot of like really cool individuals who like came from nothing also. And then like we're able to make money through him and his course and stuff and all the testimonials and stuff. And I think that's what really led me to doing that with him. That's pretty sweet. So if, if somebody wanted to get into trading stocks and things like that, how, how do people get into it other than, you know, kind of what, what you did where it's just yeah. learning as you go yeah. and find, maybe finding a mentor, like the, the typical people that do um, different like mutual fund stuff, like yeah. how do they, how do they do it? Um, so I would say like the best thing for like free information is everywhere. So like take in as much free information as you can first, like YouTube, like, like just very simple questions about it. Like that you have, there's videos on it out there. So like, if you really do want to get into it, like simple, like basic breakdown videos of it and stuff. And then that'll kind of give you a taste of like, if that's something, cause like, it's a lot of like, there's so much happening when you're looking at like a chart, like there's, you're watching volume, you're watching the order flow, you're watching the news, like what's happening. Like someone could like a president or like a different country can do something and like that'll affect the stock market. So it's like your head's on a swivel pretty much. So you gotta be like, you gotta understand yourself. Like I'm a very ADHD person. So I feel like I do pretty well under like high, like intense, Mm -hmm. like brain stimulation. So like, 
But like, if that's like overwhelming to you and like losing money isn't your thing, then like, it's definitely not for you. Like I'd stick to just like index funds, like get a Roth IRA and buy S and P 500 pretty much, you know, Makes sense. for people that are starting, would you suggest them to just dive on in like, like you did, or would you recommend them go just finding some free, you know, stock simulator to practice on? Um, I, so that's one thing that's cool about TD Ameritrade and thinking think or swim, um, the paper trading. So I actually did that for a little bit where you actually trade the real markets with fake money. So they give you like a hundred thousand dollar account and then you can like practice and practice. You can practice as much as you want. Um, and it's everything that would be in the real world other than you're not using your actual money. And Absolutely. so I would actually really recommend people doing that. Like just to try it out, just like mm-hmm. go in, create an account, set it up and practice. That's like the best thing you can do. And just realize like, it's not going to be the same when you do go in because your emotions aren't connected to that paper trading account. But when it's your own money that you worked 40 hours for that week or whatever, um, it's so different, so different. And that's another thing. Never trade with money that you can't lose. If that makes sense. Like that was my, one of my big things. Like I, that $7,000, like that was a lot of money back to me then. Cause it was like, I was making $16 an hour. Yeah. So I was like to get that $7,000, I had to work a lot. And so like, that was really like heart, like gut crushing when I lost it. And like, that's another thing I was taking bigger risks. Cause like still at home with my parents and stuff. And I was like, I'd rather take these risks now if there's, potential for success rather mm-hmm. than later down the road when I'm married and maybe with kids and stuff. Cause explaining to your wife, you lost a bunch of money probably isn't the easiest thing to do in the world. So <laughs> I got to take the risks now while I can. That, that was my thought process. Makes sense. But I, if, so after you're done paper trading, throw 500,000 bucks in the stock market, if you're able to, and let your ego get crushed and <laughs> like, it'll, it'll, it'll train you for sure. It definitely will. Cause yeah. you, you'd mentioned to me once before, like typically the people do if like banks and stuff like that, they yeah. get like high end like schools and stuff. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's, that's not necessarily required. No, not at all. Every, all the information in the stock market pretty much is available out there for free. The reason I like went to a course is because this is someone who has a strategy and stuff that like, and they have been doing this for 10 years and they kind of know what they're doing and they can kind of collectively bring all the information they know together. That's like worth something and then be able to give it to you rather than you go out there and piece all this free information together and try and make something work. So that's how I justified paying for a course, mm-hmm. but there's people out there that never paid for courses and are probably some of the best traders in the world and own hedge funds. I'm sure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Do you think you'll ever end up, uh, being a mentor, training people on the stock market. Is that something that you have an ambition to do or are looking to do in the future? Yeah. So I actually really want to get into that and stuff, but I, I want to make sure my trading and my like style of trading and stuff is like dialed in really well that I feel comfortable enough being able to even teach people. Cause I'm only three years, four years, almost like have experience in the stock market. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I need a lot more and just like keep, and like, that's another thing. I'm not being able to trade all the time and markets. That's the thing in markets. You have to show up every day, really, if you want to be a successful trader, mm-hmm. just cause they change so much. Like 2020 trading was different than 2023 trading, like rallies every day. Like it was like, you put money in stock, you're making money pretty much like in 2020. Now it's like, no one knows if the recession's coming. Like it's like super that makes sense. sketchy. So like you gotta be there every day to kind of understand what's going on. Um, but yeah, that's awesome, dude. I'm excited. Whenever he does come out with his own course, guys, you guys gotta go reach out to him and get it. Yeah. But 
Uh, kind of going back to, you know, what happened with GameStop, you said that you were trading during that time. Yeah. As well as, have you looked into, I guess I'll, wait, I'll save this question for later. So let's start with GameStop. Yeah. So GameStop. So it was pretty crazy because like two guys in the group chat. So with the course, it came with a discord and all the members were able to be in it. And so everyone can kind of bounce ideas off. Like, oh, I'm looking at this. I'm looking at this, which I, that's another thing about paying for a course, I think is really like, like worth a lot of value is like being part of a community where everyone is trying to better themselves and like learn and stuff because there's just a lot of like, like-minded individuals around you. And it's like, some of these guys are actually really successful. So learning from other people besides just the mentor, really powerful, I'd say. But anyways, during the GameStop thing, there's a couple guys that were selling puts. So getting into options is super complicated, but pretty much selling puts is think, like saying, you think the stock price is going to go up. So you're selling puts at a certain price and you're going to collect the premiums or whatever. <laughs> and so people, a couple like guys that are really experienced trading kept doing this and they actually ended up making like 13 million and $20 million wow. off GameStop. And like <laughs> a lot of people were just day trading GameStop and making thousands yeah. and thousands. But like when, everyone in my group pretty much trade options and like the IV on the options gets super high. So the contracts get super expensive. And so they don't move super well after like really big hype things happen around them. So I stayed away from it. It scared me. I was like, this thing could go to zero. Cause I was like, <laughs> it's an overinflated balloon, but it just kept going and going. And some people had full belief in it and made a lot of money with it. That's wild. So how did I get, I, I've seen like things on social media reports. Like, do you know how that all got set up? I feel like the two guys just, said, we're going to take this to the moon and back. Yeah. Like how did that, how did they get the information out and things of that sort? Um, so if you don't, if you it was a, it. it was a short squeeze. So what happens is when, so what was happening is he, these people were getting a bunch of people to buy into a stock that pretty much was going bankrupt. Um, and so what happened was hedge funds were coming in and shorting it. <laughs> but when you get enough people buying to squeeze the shorts, the shorts end up having to sell, which increases the buying pressure, which increases or makes it shoot up. And when okay. it shoots up like that, the hedge funds aren't going to keep like buying or trying to short it. So oh. it's just going to go up and up and up. Like oh, they got squeezed out pretty much like billions and billions of dollars. <laughs> Just from a bunch of at-home <laughs> dudes on their Robinhood accounts and stuff. That's freaking awesome, yeah, dude. Yeah, pretty awesome. Like the power of the people, it. man. The yeah. power of the people. And I remember going on and like everyone was like, how is this legal? How is this legal? You know, but it's like hedge yeah. funds do it all the time. They yeah. manipulate the market all the time. So it's like when all the little guys get together and do it, it's a big deal. Makes sense. It's because the big corps aren't making all the money at the end exactly. of the day. But man, that's wild. So going into my other question, have you ever played around with cryptocurrency? Have you ever touched? it you know when bitcoin was going up doge dogecoin was going up like i've known a couple guys that actually made like 200k off dogecoin yeah guy made 50k bought himself a brand new forerunner and during that time did you ever mess with that stuff or um, so i didn't like around like the huge crypto like i kind of so what was this junior year in high school me and my friend we had uh what was the i can't remember the app it was like one of biggest Bitcoin wallets. I can't remember what it was called. Anyways, mm -hmm. um, we weren't old enough to set up an account, obviously, and mm -hmm. so you have to be 18 or whatever. And so we were sitting here watching Bitcoin at like two, $3,000. And we're like, dude, if we could buy, we'd buy it. And then like, <laughs> like next semester, we look and it's like a 9,000. We're like, dude, we wish we could have bought, you know? <laughs> yeah. And next, you know, it went up to like $40,000. But 
I think Max got to like 55K. Yeah. That's and that's when that was like, it was all over social media. It was all the hype. Everyone was buying. Mm-hmm. And now it's at what, like 17 or something? It's like, last I checked, it was like 26K. <laughs> oh, okay. 26. That's not bad. Yeah. But no, to answer your question, I didn't really ever get into trading it or anything. I mean, on my Robinhood, when they allowed cryptocurrencies, I think I bought like, what was I buying? Like Ethereum or something, a little mm-hmm. bit of it, but like nothing crazy. I think I was just, doing the recurring investment of like 25 bucks a week. And like, I think it made like 200 bucks on it in the span of like six months or something after I sold it. But I was just like, I just, I'm going to stick to my bread and butter and stick with stocks. That makes sense. Not, don't have all your baskets in one area. Just keep where you know. Yeah, That's awesome. So with those prices that went up, I feel like it's kind of similar to what happened with um, maybe not like GameStop. Was it just because the power of the people just kind of came and said it got super hyped, got super popular, so it just shot up? Or is it because of something else that affected it? Um, I, I, obviously, hype has a lot to do with it because, like, obviously, you get people excited about something and they want to buy it, it's going to increase. It's like anything in the world, like a business where, like, if there's a lot of demand, people are going to buy, you know? Makes sense. But um, I, I'm not sure how cryptocurrencies work exactly. I know, like, the their share floats and stuff in the stock market where there's only a certain amount of shares available and stuff. So like if shares are getting bought up a lot, that increases the value of them. I don't know how many Bitcoin are out there in the mm-hmm. world and stuff. Like I don't know if they keep making them because I know it's mined and stuff. So that's that's why I'm only thinking of cri- cryptocurrencies is like there's no real backing behind it. Like whereas like when I'm buying a stock, I know it's a physical company Makes and sense. there's some kind of backing. So like that's also what kind of scared me a little bit. Um but yeah, I'm not, I'm not too sure with the cryptocurrency, like what causes it to yeah. shoot up or not. I'm sure it has to do with volume and however many Bitcoin are available that currently. But that makes sense. Maybe one day you'll get into it. Yeah, maybe <laughs> one day. I liked that the earlier you had talked about being in this, in this uh, little, you know, like the Discord that you're talking about being yeah. with the like-minded people. Um, do you do you still keep in contact with a lot of people or like hear things on there? Yeah. Or where have you seen like? Um, the perks of being around like-minded people. Cause that's yeah. something that I think me and Blake, um, really like is being around like-minded people. You know, yeah. that's why we like people like you, like that mm-hmm. are kind of have this, this same mentality as us. Um, cause we, we enjoy being around those people more than the people that don't have it. Exactly. Um, but I don't know. What do you, what, what are your thoughts on that? Um, no, I think it's great, especially because like these people, like, I would say I'm like one of the only ones from Utah in this group. And so like a lot of these people are from New York and like Dubai and like all these places around the world. And so these are people who like, you know, like are really successful people. And I'm like part of this group. And so that, and they're trying to help. So it's like, everyone's bouncing ideas off each other. And like you feed off of other people's energy. So like if you're around people that like, strive for success and stuff like you're more likely to hit that successful mark if you're around people like that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really enjoy that. But yes, I'm still in contact with like, I'm in both my uh, discords. I haven't gone back or haven't gotten into my other mentor yet about value investing. Cause I got into him a couple years after I got into the day trading. Um, but I'm still active in both and the one I'm actually a lifetime member in. So awesome. I'm going to be with that mentor the rest of my life, which is great. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Cause I, I think that especially with, with business. So even like if we were to switch over to, um, working with your dad's business, you're now, uh, like a partner in it essentially, right. Yep. For, for buck masonry. Correct. So have you, have you seen that to like go into masonry at all with, with being around the right people or, uh, um, I don't know. How did you get, get into being owner? It's obviously you worked for him with, yeah. with a little bit or for him for a little bit. So how are you now partnering it and what have you done to kind of help build a business? Yeah. So my dad, when I first, so 
going back to my dad, he started the business when I was little, like I was one or two years old and he grew it to about 20 employees at one point and was doing really well. And then the crash happened like 2007, 2008 and he had to lay off everyone. And so after that, he was like, I'm sticking to a small crew. I'm going to just do small custom or residential things like fireplaces and stuff. And that was his bread and butter for like a long time. And pretty much until I started working with him, when I joined, there was, when I started working for him, there was me and like three other guys. So it was like a pretty small crew. Um, and ever since then, I just kind of like, I never really got involved until like the past year or so. Like I just worked for him, like, and be like, all right, where are we working today? You know, kind of like that thing. Like I'd do a few things for him here and there. And then like, as time's gone on, uh, like workers have come and gone and then I've kind of worked myself up the totem pole where like, I'm the one with the most experience now that's been with my dad. Oh, sweet. And so like I'll, I'm kind of the foreman in the sense, like I'm obviously not super qualified to be the foreman yet. Cause I still need a lot more experience doing certain jobs. Cause in masonry, there's a lot of things to learn still. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, how it came about really is like, I just started talking to my dad cause he kept increasing my hourly wage. And I was like, Hey, is there any way I can earn a percentage that way it gives me more initiative to get jobs done. Cause I, in my mind I was like, I don't necessarily want to keep getting an hourly raise. I would rather get paid like per the job, I guess, if I could, like, if like it was more part, like on me to get jobs mm-hmm. done, you know? Cause like if I'm my dad, he, he, he obviously does mostly the back end stuff now. Like he's on the job site a couple times a week, maybe just like kind of see how things are going. But I was just like, I'm here the whole time. Like I feel responsible for this job. So I was like, is there any way I can earn a percentage instead of like any more hourly wage increments? And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So that's when it kind of really switched for me in becoming partner and stuff. Cause now it's like, I'm responsible for these jobs and I earn a percentage on when they get done and like the quality and everything. So that, that's kind of my, like where I'm at now in doing things with them. Cool. So then, then let's say we're, we're talking about, you know, average, average guy that's like, Hey, I, you know, I've been listening to this dope podcast, yeah. the Outcast X podcast. Right. Yeah. And they, they want to, you know, they feel motivated. They want to grow, grow in their, in their own company. Yeah. Um, obviously not everyone can just go up to their dad, yeah. you know, somebody and be like, Hey, you know, I want to be percentage and, you know, maybe get into owning it and stuff. Correct. Um, how could somebody that, that might not have that, that same connection, um, be able to, to move up in a company, move I guess up. you could say, cause you work, you have employees under you, right? Yeah, so even I do. if you have your employees that came up to you and wanted to, to increase, what would you expect? Yeah. Out of them? And so this, this is actually great. Cause like I, so when I worked for my dad for a while and like, I didn't have anyone my age. They're all older guys than me, really hard guys to work with and stuff. And then like in the last year I've hired two of my friends and they're really great to work with, but working with friends, it can be hard. Cause it's like, you gotta remember, like you still gotta, you can't just mess around obviously like they're your friends and you gotta get work done. And so one of them has a really hard time showing up to work and stuff on time and stuff. So it's like keeping that discipline there of like, doing like still being their friend, but like keeping in charge of them and stuff, but, uh, it can be really hard. <laughs> um, but anyways, like to like, for them to like come up to me and ask like what they can do. Um, we actually ended up just giving both of them raises because, uh, they're on there all the time. Like when we pick them up or they're at job sites or like they show initiative, I guess, like they're on the job sites are asking what they can do and stuff, but, um, they're not just sitting around on the yeah, phone, not sitting around. And like, I feel like I can't speak on like what to do entirely because I've only ever worked for Walmart and my dad 
technically. So um, what I would say though, is what you can do is just show initiative and show that you care rather than like, cause I feel like a lot of workers don't care about like the process of their work or like um, the quality of their work and stuff. That's just another job. And like, they just got to get through the day. Whereas like, I feel like if you wanted to stand out and like want to grow up in it, maybe you could ask more questions about what you're doing and stuff and like get more involved in what you're doing with maybe the owner and be like, why are we doing this a certain way and stuff? And like, be curious, I guess. And like, want to know more about the business. Um, be the five-year-old asking all the questions. Yeah. The five-year-old asking all the questions, but I would just do your best to be as involved in the company as possible without being too like pushy, I guess. Yeah. And like, mm -hmm. um, but yeah, cause like, just be interested, like learn how things work and learn like how, why they do things a certain way, I guess. Yeah. No, I think it's awesome. Cause I've, I've had, um, people that I've worked with and even my, my employees that I feel like, yeah, I love it when they ask questions. Yeah, like no. some of the things that are things that I've taken the time to learn, you know, maybe even they're above and beyond in my eyes, but there are things that I've gone through the struggle to learn. And when people are like, Oh, Hey, what do you think about this? Yeah. It's like, Oh, well, yeah. let me tell you, yeah, yeah, you know, cause... like it's kind of something that, that you get excited about yeah. too. And it makes me excited for them too. Exactly. I'm like, I'm, you know, this is super nerdy to me, but mm -hmm. if there's this other nerd that thinks this is cool too, then like, I'm going to tell them all about dude, it. Yeah. I'm just going to freaking waterfall information. Exactly. You know, like, I think, I think that's, that's a, a big one for sure. So how can you, so working with, with friends and especially family, yeah. I, I've worked in, in a family business before. Uh -huh. It's hard. It is has it, has it been hard, hard to work with, with your dad? Super or is it, hard. You know, like, also, I don't know. I want to hear your opinion on this opinion on this as well, Brick, because you're working with family and in the past and friends. So I think you guys can both share really good insights on this question here. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think first? Um, so starting out, like my dad, like he, he's always on the go. Like he's figuring out the next job and stuff. So he really doesn't work with us a whole lot, but when he does, he's Mr. Like hard ass. Like he is Mr. Hard guy. Like he's going 10 miles an hour. Like he's going hundred miles an hour in his head and stuff. And so like when he's on the job site, it's like, why are we doing this? Why are we doing this? So he can be really hard and like, I'll call him out on his stuff and it's super annoying. But like, uh, he also gives me the hardest time. Like there's been examples where we're on job sites and something went wrong and it necessarily wasn't my fault, but it gets, he talks to me about it because he's taking it out on me because I'm his son. You know, mm -hmm. for example, we were doing this house, big, big window super big window. Uh, it was a Friday and the Masons this time, at this time I was tending. So I was just making mud, making the cuts, getting to the Masons. Um, they were up there laying all day. And then the weekend comes, we come back Monday and they didn't clean the windows on Friday and mortar is the worst thing to get off windows. If you didn't get it off the day of, and my dad shows up to the job site that morning with us. And he was pissed beyond belief and he was taking it all out on me. And like, I'm not even a Mason, like I'm not even involved, but like it was all taken out on me. And that made me really frustrated. Cause I was like, but like, I understood his frustration. Like it was like, he was taking out on like trying to pull everyone together, but it was getting taken out on me the most just cause I was the son there. So that, that's, that can be really hard sometimes. Or like now it's like something will go wrong and he'll be like, why didn't you do it this way? You know? And I'm like, I kind of butt heads with him. I'm like, well, maybe if you were at the job site, you know, like you could have told him that. Cause like, obviously I didn't think about that at the time, you know? Mm -hmm. So it can be really hard. Cause like that expectation of like, obviously being like our owner and stuff, it's like, I need to like, 
hold my own, you know, but it's also some of it is like knowledge I don't know yet or like I need to learn. And so like, it's hard having that good like balance of like him being there enough to like show me things and like me taking responsibility for things, even if I don't love it necessarily, like that can be really hard. Like I could have one of my guys mess up really bad and it gets taken out on me and I got to own up to it because like I should have known better. Mm -hmm. Right. So that can be really hard working with family. Um, But my my dad takes really good care of me in the business and stuff. And he's like the most thoughtful guy. So it's, it's, it's majority of the time really nice actually. Mm-hmm. I, but I hear it can be really hard cause it can ruin relationships and stuff. Yeah. yeah that's, think, that's one thing that I've, that I've seen with, with different companies that I've worked with is that it can tear families apart. Yeah. And that, that's something that I think that kind of scares me a little bit about it too. Even those that I've worked with also, they, it's, it's nice and it's great because if there's an event, like, you know, one of the cousins is, has, a wedding, you know, something yeah. like that. Like it's, they're usually very good about, Oh, okay. Well we can take time off or we can work a Saturday yeah. to make up for, you know, something like that. But I think that it's also really hard too, because the, the frustration stuff, like yeah. whenever they, there's something that's going on, you know, you almost see a different light of somebody, exactly. especially like, you know, your, your father, or your, you know, yeah. or whoever it is. If like there's, there's a different light that, that you can kind of see. And I think that it's hard to make that that balance of yeah. work life versus family life. Cause you don't want your work and your family to, to necessarily be together all the time. You know, like when you're on a vacation, you don't want to be talking about work the whole yeah, time. You exactly. want to be talking about, Oh, Hey, look at that Freud, the show buyer, where are we going to go eat for dinner? You yeah. know, like I think that's, that's kind of our thing is making sure that that balances this separate. Yeah. And I think with my dad, like and how he has it set up right now, it's like, I think that he understands that. And so that's why he's like, he's kind of giving me control of like, what's going on at the job sites. And that's why he's not there all the time. Cause he has trust in me obviously to like, just run the show and stuff. And so I think that really helps. Cause if he was there all the time, we would definitely butt heads a lot more, but I think he like has enough faith in me and trust that he's like, okay, he's going to get this done. I kind of went over the game plan with him. And so that, that's really nice. Cause then it's like, I don't know, delegating it onto me rather than just us both being there trying to figure stuff out, you know, cause yeah. that's when you butt heads the most. And when conflicting like yeah. ideas and stuff, but makes sense. And I know both of you guys work with friends. How do you guys keep that balance of making sure my friendships, friendship stays good with them as well as having the authority being the boss. If that yeah. makes sense. So I think there's a lot of people that like, let's start a business together. Let's, let's work together. Things of that sort would be awesome to hang out. And as well, you have, like you mentioned earlier, it's like we're buddies. So yep. we want to just goof around. Yep. How do you guys kind of keep that middle ground of not being like, of being the boss and then, you know, being a buddy to them and having them walk away and being like, not thinking, man, this guy's a jackass, yeah. you know? Um, so I'll start out. So I, both my friends are very different than working for me. One of them is like, he like, so if you know your friend well enough, like you should know going into it, like kind of how it's going to be based mm-hmm. off of their, but like, obviously if you don't spend all your time around them, like then it might be a wake up call. But my one friend, Josh, he's like, I love Josh. Josh is a super cool guy. He's the easiest going, most understanding guy. So it's like, if he's told something to do, he's going to do it. And like, uh, he lives close to me. So I pick him up every day and he's never not out in like 30 seconds when I go to pick him up, like always on time, like just super straight worker. Like he's like awesome. And like my other friend, John, he is awesome too. Like he's actually been working with me longer than Josh has. And I love them both. They're awesome. But like the friendship, like part of it, it's like, it's hard. Cause like, I'll kind of even forget when I'm at work and like, I'll be joking around with them and I'm like, am I being productive right now? And then it's like, 
I kind of have to like step in and like not be like mean Mr. Boss guy, but like, Hey guys, like let's, let's keep yeah. working, you know, like we got to do this. And it's, I don't know. It's hard. Cause like sometimes things have happened where it's like, they're trying to do something their own way. And I have been doing this longer and I just need to show you how to do it. Right. And they just want to know, they want to try and learn by failure and stuff. And I'm like, you can't really do that. If it's costing my dad money, you know, like, let me just show you how to do it and yeah. stuff. But Cause it's really hard to like be stern and like demanding, not necessarily demanding, but like just get things done. Like how it's supposed to be done with friends and stuff versus like some random person. Cause it's like, okay, I've known this person outside of work longer than I have at work. And so it's hard to like switch that, you know, that makes sense. That mindset. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I, I definitely agree. I've, I've worked with a lot of friends throughout, throughout the years. Um, and some of them it ends up being one of the best things. Yeah. And some of them ends up being kind of more of the, the worst things too. Cause your friends are always different at work yep. rather than they are, you know, when, when you're hanging out. Exactly. And I think that's, that's kind of hard sometimes is trying to, to realize, Oh, you know, even though we get along and we can have fun while we work, dude, you got nothing done today. Exactly. You know? Or it's like, um, you know, you end up liking the more truck. Dude, this guy just killed it. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's one of the hardest workers I know and stuff. And I think that's, that's awesome when you can find a friend that is a super hard worker and they're perfect for the job. And you're like, dude, this guy is freaking killing it. Yeah. Like I love it. But then it is, it is difficult when they make a mistake or when, um, you know, cause obviously when everybody's new, yeah, you know, make mistakes and yourself. you're going to make mistakes yourself too. And I think that, um, that that's, that can be hard too. Cause, um, you want to still be their friend, yep. but you also need to tell them, Hey, you know, like yeah. this is, this is what, what's, what needs to happen. And I think, I don't know, for me, I think that it comes down to, to respect, yep. like kind of the, the, the way that you carry yourself one, but then also the way that you, the, the vibes or frequencies, I guess you say of like what you give off to your friends yep. at work versus when you're hanging out. Exactly. I think that's what I know. And I try to tell them, I'm like, okay, there's like work environment. And then there's like friend environment. Cause like one of them likes to mess around a lot. Mm -hmm. Like he's Mr. Prankster and stuff. And I'm like, okay, time and place, man. Like not at work. Like I don't want my nipple twisted while I work, you know, like (laughs) that kind of thing. You know, like I'm trying to deal with trying not to get this $20,000 countertop broken with this boom lift, bringing it in, you know, Mm -hmm. anyway. So it can be really hard that way. But I think it comes down to like being open-minded and not seeing like, cause like, I feel like if you're a worker, or like your friend is like, like not saying under you in like a uh, demeaning way, but like he's under you because like you're his boss and stuff. Like if he's open-minded enough being like, okay, like I need to learn from him rather than seeing you as like, cause like one of my friends has a hard time seeing me as like the authority, like, you mm-hmm. know, cause he sees me as like just a friend. So it's like when I'm telling him things, what to do and stuff, it's really hard for him. Cause he's, I don't know. He doesn't like having me be the boss of him. If that makes, makes sense. sense. So it's really hard. Like I've had one of my best friends be my boss. Yeah. Sometimes it's like, it is really, dude, it's hard to yeah. like mm-hmm. take like, it seriously. Sometimes I, they feel like they're an equal to you. Yeah, you know? no, like, exactly. don't feel like you're higher or better than them. They're yeah. like, this is just, you know, yeah. it's hard to come off not that way. Cause it's like, you are telling them what to do all day, but it's like, I'm not trying to be mean and rude about it. It's just, this is what we have to do to get done. And like, we can't mess around. Like this is how things have got to go. You know, so I also think it comes to have humility. Like there's things that, like with being brick, there's things that he's way better at than I am. Yep. And I'll have to sit back and be like, man, brick 
Brick's the guy on this. Mm-hmm. Then there's times where Brick's like, I'm going to sit back. Blake's the guy on this. Yeah. And so I think it's just having that humility to be like, we're equals, but at the same time, yep. Brick, you know things that I don't know. Brax, you know things that I don't know. And I just got to sit in awe and be like, man, this guy's crushed. He, know, he knows what he's talking about for this thing. <laughs> Whereas some guys are just like, their ego gets in the way and they're just yeah. like, Oh yeah, no. I'm the guy. I know everything. I'm the jack of all trades. You can't tell me right from wrong. Which I think that comes down to, you know, just having to lower your ego and your humility at the end of the day. And I think exactly, it's hard for some people. You know, it is really hard for some people. But but I feel like if you can read that, then like you can kind of cater to them a little differently. Like because. I mean, it's everyone's so different and like some people are just super easy going and other ones like you have to have a couple talks with, you know, like mm-hmm. I've had a couple talks with one of my friends, like just to kind of break things down and be like, Hey man, like this is how it's going. And like, this is what mm-hmm. needs to be done. And like kind of break down like tension and stuff. Cause like it does get frustrating sometimes when they aren't listening. So yeah, yeah. I think sense. honesty is a big one. Too. Oh, like just being straight up. Though. Yeah. Like, you know, I have, I have, um, one of all of our friends works, works with me or for me right now. And, and he's fantastic. He does a great job, but I think that, that, um, sometimes we do have chats, mm-hmm. not, not that he's doing anything bad, but just about everything. Like we, I'm very honest with them. Yeah. You know, I'm very honest about what our clients are saying, yeah. what the money's looking like, what, you know, if we're going to have to work on Labor Day, you know, whatever, yeah. whatever's going on. I feel like being honest with them is very key because then they know that your best interest is with them. Yeah. And that's all that I want. You know, like the people that, that work for me, the people that I've worked under, I just want them. I just want clarity and I want to know what's going yeah. on, you know, like that's I think awesome. that that's, that's kind of a big one for me is just making sure that, that them, that they know exactly what's going on. And then I'm being straight up and transparent with them. Yeah. Cause I feel like that's can really, what can tear business partners down, friendships down, marriages, you know, like relationships yeah. period is just being upfront. Like just be honest with how you're, you're thinking and what's going on. Like there's no point in being sketchy. Cause as soon as somebody's being sketchy, dude, that's a red that's, flag, dude. Yep. <laughs> and that's one thing I'm trying really hard to work on now that I'm being sketchy, but like, I am not a confrontational person at all. So I have a really hard time like calling people out on things and stuff. So sometimes I'll like, I won't necessarily like, sh- like directly say anything. And like, I'll, I'll obviously like be frustrated and they can tell sometimes and they'll have to ask me, like, I'll, I'll admit, like, I'm not the best at just bringing it up right away, but like, that's something I'm working on myself. Cause like being in like over your friends and stuff and trying to make sure the job's getting done right and stuff, it's stressful. Mm-hmm. And so, and then when they're messing up and stuff and you gotta like tell them not to be doing something and there's already some tension, it's hard sometimes for me, but that's something I'm working on. And finding that like, as soon as I just say it and like get it over with, it's a lot better than me bundling it up and just being frustrated the rest of the day. So yeah, I'm glad that you said that those are things that you're working on. What are, where, where do you see yourself five to 10 years? Like let's, let's do five and 10 years. Five where, and 10 years. Where do you see yourself? Do you see yourself continuing to, to build a, you know, a massive brick company or are you wanting to kind of leave that on the back burner and you can work on trading stuff or you want to get into something with cars because you're, you're big into cars. What, where do you see yourself in five years versus 10 years? Uh, five years. Uh, he's going to be a Pokemon investor, <laughs> Pokemon man. Investor. That's what he's going to be. Just buying Pokemon cards. Dude. Yeah. Um, no. So I think five year plan, I, I plan on like helping obviously taking over my dad's business and I would like to be able to run the business enough to where like it's his retirement in a sense where like Mm -hmm. he can 
obviously like still make a percentage and not have to be involved in business anymore. Cause I won't be able to take care of my dad and have it enough, like big enough to be able to do that. I hold you on that thought real fast. Yeah. So I actually, my dad, you know, he does a lot of, he trains people in the Forex and things of that sort. Yeah. And I had the same thought of doing that for him, but I realized and I was working with him for the longest time, but I realized it was something I didn't really enjoy and yeah. didn't want to do. Uh-huh. I had other passions. Is it more of you want to do this for your dad or is it, do you want to do it for yourself? Um, so I'll admit like a little bit of both. No. So I'll admit like I, nothing ever crossed my mind. Like, Oh, I want to be laying bricks and stone, you know, like nothing about that crossed my mind. But like, as I did it longer and longer, I realized like, I enjoy seeing like driving around anywhere in Utah. Now I can say I've worked in that neighborhood and that neighborhood. Like point <laughs> is that TikTok really, trend. Yeah, really, <laughs> I do that. Yeah. All the time. There's some really like bitching houses I'll point at. I'm like, dang, I worked on that $5 million home, you know, like yeah. I spent three months of my life there. Like, but I, there's a lot of enjoyment out of like seeing the finished product. And like, I've come to enjoy it more with yours. And especially like when I first started, like the foreman my dad had at the time, like he worked for my dad for 20 years. Like he was the hardest guy ever, like just degrading. Like he would be so hard to work <laughs> with. Like I was super unhappy working with him. And then ever since he's been gone and like, I've been kind of in control of things and I have my friends working with me now, like it's really enjoyable. Like days go by fast. Like it was like, it's your own now. Yeah. It's like my own now. And so like, and it's fun, like meeting with homeowners and like contractors and like getting things done and stuff. I, it's becoming more and more enjoyable. Like I, at That's first, cool. I wouldn't have said I wanted to do this for the rest of my life, and I still don't. Like I would rather, I, like my end goal with it is to build it big enough where I can just bid jobs and do things and like have crews go and take care of the jobs and stuff and have foremans in place where I know they're they know what's going on and stuff and can take care of things. So that is the end goal. Kind of what your dad's doing now, his background. Yeah, I will yes. do all the labor work. Pretty yeah, much, your dad's out hunting. Like, yeah, <laughs> my dad's retired already. He's hunting, <laughs> going to Mexico fishing. Um, um, that's yeah, the dream, right there. Doing all that stuff already. So he's acting like it's set up. But anyways, <laughs> no. In five years, I think my we're trying to actually buy out this other guy. He's retiring, and he has a bunch of commercial equipment, uh, route pumps, boom lifts, five more trailers. So we're gonna invest in that and buy a bunch more stuff, and that'll be able to get us into more small commercial world doing big block shops and mm-hmm. stuff like that. There's a lot more money in that. Um, so, and once we do start doing that, we can start hiring more people because we need the labor for bigger jobs. So five years, I see us doing a lot more smaller commercial stuff. Um, my dad's bread and butter though is he has a bunch of great contractors that like go straight to him when they have a great job. They don't even ask for other bids. Like they just, Hey, what, what do you want for this? And go to my dad and we go and do some really cool houses. I think that's awesome that he has that. He's built that relationship up with them Yeah, where they know, Hey, I can just go to your, your dad and he's yeah. gonna get the job done. He's the guy. Yep. And I feel like a lot of people want to have that. Yep. And the fact that you're going to be walking into that, that's huge. You just got to maintain that, you know, that, um, relationship with yep. them at the end of the day and exactly you, you've got a set and that's why like if anyone knows my dad like he's the like like everyone knows him like it's so funny like he's the mr like he's, yeah anyways we go anywhere and he's talking to someone because he knows them we'll be in a different state and he'll run into someone somehow but no he's super like uh good with relationships he's a talkative guy he's he's yeah he's super cool guy so like all the relationships and stuff he's built like i feel like a lot of it is because of his personality and stuff. And he's so just trustworthy, like hardworking guy. Like I love my dad. He's awesome. And so he's got all these great relationships like Hearth and home, the stone distributor in 
or them. Like mm-hmm. they get a job, like they have customers come in and they want a stone and they're like, Hey Josh, you want this job? My dad actually has to turn down a lot of jobs because really? he has to just pick through them and be like, what's wow. worth it for him. So it's really cool that he's built That's all these relationships. Yeah. So what, where do you see you personally in five years? Me personally, like rather than every, just, yeah. just the business, every, where do you, where do you see yourself personally? Okay. Um, personally, mansion. personally five, five years from now, personally 10 years from now. My goal for the next five years is to at least have like one or two properties that I'm renting out. I would would like to have a actual house. Um, but I want to be trading. Like that is like my main thing I want to be doing. That is something I actually enjoy doing. Like there's something about like being involved and like seeing, learning and seeing how the stock market moves and stuff. It's so just like entertaining for me. Like I love being indulgent in stuff. And so I would like to be able to, so me and my dad have actually said this up a couple of times where like, I won't show up to the job site for like an hour or two um, just so I can trade in the morning. And like that worked out for a little bit. And then it's like, we had jobs come up where I needed to be there and then it kind of fell out again. But now that I have two friends there working, if I can get them trained enough, I'm going to try and get that going again to where I can trade in the mornings and then still show up at the job site later and just make sure things are going smoothly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I would like to slowly transition to being able to trade every day. So I'm cool. Five years. Um, I am currently like overall profits in the stock market. I'm just under a hundred thousand dollars. Like wow. Profits. Like over how long? crazy. Uh, four and a half years. So what? Just over 30, 30 K a year. Yeah. Roughly. That's and more than and, most, and a lot of first two years weren't even profitable. Like that was. So the last two years, two really. years, so two years are just really learning. Yeah. And then the last two years are just yep. taking off. So over the four, four years, have you, I guess you said you over hundred K in profits. Just under. Just so under. it's, I think it's like 87. How much money have you probably total put in, put in and lost? Uh, that makes sense. Probably like 25 at least. Okay. Like, so you're, you're coming out on top. Like that's, that's some good margins. Yeah, it's right pretty there. good. And like what really like brought that up the most, like my day trading, I'd say I've only made like 15, $20,000 after like losses and profits mm-hmm. have like kind of like settled out. Most of my money has been from value investing, which I haven't gotten into yet. So my mentor, I paid. So originally I got into his monthly program. So mm-hmm. I think I paid like $200 a month to be part of his group. And his, his style of investing is not trading at all. It's buy and hold for like six to six months to a year at a time in the value companies. So this is like kind of Warren Buffett's theory on the stock market and how he's accumulated his money. Mm-hmm. So he buys like cigarette butt stock companies, which are like, they have like one more puff out of them and stuff like companies that he see are the super undervalued. And he's kind of contrarian in a sense. Cause like my, like, so for example, Funko, it's a little Funko pops. Everyone knows them. The little toy yeah. things you collect, you know, a couple, I think it was a year and a half ago, they were like $3 a share. And my mentor, like he has this whole algorithm and stuff he uses to find stocks and stuff. And he's like, this one's worth like $15 a share. And it was at like three. Cause what he likes to do is like when bad news comes out and stocks just get beat down, mm-hmm. he still sees the value in them and stuff. And like, obviously if you're a traditional stock investor, like saw that he's like, you guys are idiots. Like why are you investing in a company that has bad news coming out right now? But he's like, no, in six months I see them turning around and stuff. And that $3 company, I think I was, I, I put like $15,000 into it and it went up to like $12 a share and I sold everything. I got scared. I was like, no way this company just ran like 300% or whatever the percentage was. Yeah. And I was like, holy crap, made a decent amount of money on that. And it ended up going to 27. So I missed out oh. a lot, like a lot of money. Wow. And after that, I was like, dang, okay, this guy knows what he's doing. And so he was actually going to close his monthly program because he was just trying to like 
weed out all the people because there's yeah. a lot of people that are like oh i want to do this and they get in but like this is why a lot of like high-end um gurus or not even i don't want to call gurus but like people that sell courses and stuff charge a lot of money is because it's to weed out the people who are like half-assers you know it's like yeah. the people that all put in 200 bucks and i'll like kind of like sit around and learn this where it's like the three thousand dollars like that's a big commitment to learn how to day trade yeah that's so a good chunk of change for most people. Yeah. And so he brought out the lifetime membership. And at first it was only two grand. And I was like, you know, I'm going to hold off. I'm going to see. And the longer I was in the group, I was like, dang, these stocks keep hitting. Like there was a couple other ones. Uh, Zuo. Um, There's quite a few stocks. All like 100% gains. Like a lot of really wow. good gains. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this guy's worth it. And he kept increasing his lifetime membership. And it was like two grand, five grand, eight grand. Uh, and then it got up to 10 grand. And I was like, okay, this is now or never. Cause like, I, if it gets any higher, I'm not going to join. Yeah. So the, at the time I was like, I had to go to my bank and wire transfer this 10 grand <laughs> to this guy in Texas. And like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, I'm like 19, 20 years old at the time. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like I'm wiring some stranger 10 grand, you know, this is wild. Like I couldn't just like send a Venmo or anything. Yeah. I had to go to my bank and fill all these papers to wire 10,000. And the, the, the teller was like, do you know who this is? And I was like, yeah, he's my mentor. You know, like, yeah. just like just unsure about it myself. And I was just like, okay. But like he had, made me like more than 10 grand so like that's how i justified it i was like okay if he's made me more than that amount in this year then why not you know i'll be part of this like maybe i'll accumulate millions with him over the years so did that and then i'm very thankful i did because now it's over i think two hundred thousand dollars to be part of his lifetime membership <laughs> like like just to be part of his like monthly group i think it's like fifteen hundred dollars a month so like Holy yeah he actually just bought a new mclaren today which is pretty cool like he has quite the car sick. collection he's a smart guy he's super smart he's 26 years old and oh, i think 26 yeah he's 26 and he's got a net worth of like 30 million <laughs> or something like he's i found him like and that's what i'm saying like i found him on tiktok which is like super sketchy to say because there's all kinds of like idiots out there on there trying to sell courses but like he like obviously i looked into it and like i what i like to do is like if they did talk about some stocks i like to go back clear back in the day like see stocks they talked about in the past and kind of see what they did on the charts and i'm like dang this guy called this stock out before he did this you know and stuff and i was like okay maybe this guy knows what he's talking about and then just do your due diligence before you just go spend a bunch of money on a mentor but yeah he's my value investing mentor and so he obviously figures out like it's pretty much Warren Buffett's method. Like you can go and figure out that stuff and Google it. Um, so like with him, I'm, I'm kind of like, he kind of keeps his like bread and butter in it, like kind of secret. Cause like he, if you release that, obviously like yeah. they've ruined his thing and stuff. So kind of keeps that to himself a little bit, but he like gives out pieces of information, stuff that are super valuable. And then just being able to like buy stuff, like right now we're buying dish, like company, like you wouldn't think satellite, like, uh, TV, you know, is a big thing, but like what he sees in them, like, yeah, they're like clients are declining and stuff, but it's like, what about all the infrastructure and like the, like, uh, information they've already accumulated over the years dish has been around. Like, you know, how much yeah. money that value is worth. Like, so, so if they what were, you're saying is dish might be a dish good might thing be a good buy, dude. Might dish be a good buy. Just yeah. dropping some nuggets for you guys. Yeah. That's what I'm buying currently. <laughs> Cause like, like I said, I, like I have friends working with me now that are new 
training them at work and stuff. And we're pretty busy with my dad's company. So staying on top of that currently, but I would like to be able to get back into it, be able to day trade, but value investing is great. That, that's why I kind of got into it. Cause like when I got busy with my dad, I was like, how can I still be involved in the stock market, but not day trade. So value investing, I, I have to look at it once a day, you know, like, oh yeah. You look great. at on your phone on the job site. Or? Yeah. On the job's poor body usually. <laughs> the best place to get done. Oh man. So kind of go back to brick when he said, you know, he asked you for your five year where you were going to be at. Yeah. Where do you see yourself in 10 years? You know, like personally, like, you know, with everything. Uh, 10 years, I'd hope to be at least married or have a serious girlfriend. Then. <laughs> uh, not in five years. Not, uh, five years, you know, I could see in five years too. But like, I, I'm really focused on just like working on myself and uh, kind of accomplishing as many goals as I can now. Cause like, like I said earlier, uh, I would like risks are, it's the time to take it for me. I'm like, I'm still really that's young. Fair. Like that's fair. I don't want to necessarily settle down and stuff and not have taken the risks I wanted to yet. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't want to put that like liability on my potential wife or kids. You yeah, know, you don't want to look back in five years and be like, man, I should have done this. Yeah, exactly. When I had no overhead, no nothing. I yeah. could have just gone. And I could be a little on. reckless. Say I want to yeah. buy a nicer car or whatever. Like you're it's a just car me. guy though. Yeah. I'm a big car guy. Like I love cars. <laughs> That's so Brick actually sent me a text asking me one of the questions. Like one of the reasons I also wanted to get into the stock market is like one of my biggest motivators is cars. Like that is one of my biggest hobbies and passions. And like, mm-hmm. obviously I like the higher end of cars and stuff. So to be able to afford that, you kind of need money. So yeah. I, I, yeah. That you was rock McLaren one day. Oh yeah. I'd rock McLaren for sure. <laughs> <laughs> That's legit. But I mean, we're coming up on time here. We've been going at it hard for almost over an hour now, actually, oh, dude. Good. Time has flown by, dude. Yeah. We, we've gotten some really good nuggets and valuable information here. You know, we're definitely going to have you on the show again, dude. I've loved this. It's probably right. been one of my favorite shows we've done so far. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. yeah. So. Are you are you a big, big reader? Do you read books at all? So or actually, I, I wasn't, dude, I hated reading in high school and like school and everything. Like I had like my ADHD brain, I'll be reading a page and next thing you know, I'm zoned out. My eyes are reading but like my brain's thinking about something Dude, else same. like oh, yeah. i have the hardest time reading and like i found that like all the fictional books and stuff like i really had a hard time reading but like i got into non-fiction books like like bettering yourself books and mm-hmm. stuff like i have a bunch of trading books i got into and stuff and like i love just taking that information in because it applies to something i love doing so like i found that like if i'm reading something i like then i actually have a really like easy time reading it and like enjoy reading it and like I can highlight these books and stuff because I I never bought a book until after high school when I got into trading because like my mentors would be like oh this book this book and I was like you know I should probably get into it like prefer Rick, like hard books or audio books hard books I, I like having like the physical books like I don't know I, it's because I can like highlight them and like I don't know just having the physical book it's a lot better and then I can have it next to my desk and just like whip it out real fast or something that's cool but like uh Let's see. What was the Rick, Rich Dad Poor Dad? Read, read that one. Really like that one. Uh, one. What would be your like your top three? Uh, Is that I, in there? Yeah, that one's in there. Uh, Rich Dad Poor Dad. I know my little brother really likes that one. I haven't read that one yet. Yeah, really so. I think it's uh, I tips was, for value investing. Is the other one? Let me look it up real quick. I was it's like a green book. I was just recommended a really good book. I've actually been listening. I listen to Audible because I can't. For me, I. I visualize it better when it's being read to me, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And it's, I think it's called, if I remember, it's called the richest man in Babylon. Uh, I just read, I just got that one and I've loved it so far. It's probably on my top three now. Oh, really? So for those that are looking for books, rich, rich dad, poor dad, 
Yeah, I've heard, really that that I've heard a lot of really good things. It's a very that. old book. Yeah, I knew that one was really old. And then uh, the Napoleon Hill one, um, mm-hmm. Think Grow Rich. That one's an old one, too. That I like that one a lot. I love that. I actually haven't listened to that one yet, but I, one of the books, I'm kind of with you in the same boat. I never read a book all throughout high school. Uh-huh. I hated reading books. I'd rather just be like, yeah, we had a textbook to read. I'm like, I'm just winging on the test. Winged, yeah. I'm winging it. That's exactly I'm, going right to, I'm going online looking to see if I can find a quick summary of what we just read. Yep. And I'm going to the test blindsided. Yep. I'd do that too. We'd always do like the book studies and like elementary school stuff where like we were given a book to read in a week or something. And like you were supposed to like do a paper on it at the end of the day. I would just skim through that thing and find the words and mm-hmm. stuff. And anyways, BS it. But yeah, so like my top three books, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uh, and then it's called The Little Book of Value Investing. That one's a really Really good one and then there's a psychology book let me look it up real quick is that book really good for those like want to get into invest, <laughs> in investing value in investing yeah so it's like i can't remember the author he's a hedge fund billionaire he wrote the book and stuff oh, so wow. he, it's really cool and it kind of broke down like stocks he got into so like it was cool because it gave like real world real, real world examples <laughs> of like stocks he bought and stuff and like wow so like rather than him just spewing out a bunch of information it kind of like gave proof and like examples of like his work working, you know? Mm-hmm. So like, I, I really enjoy like seeing stuff like that. Makes sense. What was it called again? Uh, the little book of value investing. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'll be good. I'm, I'm getting that one next. Oh, I just I'm going to start getting into stock market investing after this. Yeah. It's <laughs> go below a thousand dollars that I don't have. Dude, I don't see. I know <laughs> that I'm not going to be good at it. So I could have Braxton help me. The thing is I, so my dad trades the Forex. I've gone in the Forex and that's a whole, dude, that can turn on you in seconds. seconds. Forex is crazy. Yeah. It's wild. Well, it's, it's, Cause you're trading currencies. Currencies against currencies. And like, I know a little bit about it, but like, I know a lot of people like I follow because like in the trading world, a lot of trader traders follow forex traders and mm-hmm. forex traders follow crypto traders. Like everyone kind of merges. Yeah. But I follow a couple of forex traders just because of their cars and stuff, yeah. and they're awesome. But like the amount of money they can make and stuff, and there's crazy. But it's also like one of the more risky ones, like That's high risk, high risky. reward. But like it's crazy because like you're trading against countries that are like their currencies and stuff, which is like if there's conflicts or anything, they can move on the dime. Like mm-hmm. it's crazy. It's wild. Like, there's been mornings where I'm like, where my indicators, you know, like my yeah, my software I have, all my my trade plans, like this is perfect. Yeah. I'm taking the trade. Next thing you know, something comes out. Yeah. I'm like, everything oh, goes crap, get rid of it. Yeah. You know, one thing I love about it is you can buy and sell currency. Uh, so you can win in a down market, which is uh, really cool. That is really cool. But Sorry, go ahead. What was your, what was your last book? book? It was, uh, it's called the power of habit. So another I've thing, heard of that one before. yeah. So why, like the thing on the front is why we do what we do in life and business. And so it pretty much just breaks down like having good habits and stuff versus bad habits. Like with stock trading, you have to be super disciplined, like extremely disciplined. Because if you don't follow your game plan, you're not going to be a successful trader at all. Like you have to stick to your trading plan, like to a T. So it's just the power of like building successful habits that are going to set you up for success, like in your everyday life, not just like your stock trading life, your business life. Like you got to like be like on point in your like personal life too. Like just like small things, like you got to like put yourself to and then hold yourself to it, which like, obviously I'm not the best at, like I have my things and stuff. Like I have a really hard time like sticking to some habits and stuff. I, I'm not going to just blame it on my ADHD, but like I have such a hard time staying focused on things, mm-hmm. but, um, yeah, building habits and discipline pretty much. That's legit. Do your, I'm, I'm assuming your trade plan has changed over the years. Though. Oh, it changes all the time. Cause like the markets like are always changing and like 
So market makers always trying to hit your stop losses and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like trying to figure out that sweet spot of like having your stop loss just far enough to where the market makers aren't going to just touch it, just to stop you out, take your yeah. money and then rip up, you know, mm-hmm. that's like the biggest thing. Um, and then like trading plan is in like which stocks I'm trading. Like I always like used to just like trade the hype stock for the day. So like if Apple mm-hmm. had news or whatever, <clears throat> I'd trade that. But like I found uh, SPY, SPX and like QQQ, like overall markets, like I like to trade those. Cause it's like, if you keep trading the same one over and over, you learn, Jake, you learn to like learn them super well, mm-hmm. like, and like understand how they move. And so I found that being the best cause you get so familiar with them. That's legit. Yeah. So like, instead of like, just trying to be like, Oh, I'm going to trade Tesla today. just cause like everyone's talking about it. Like yeah. learn what you like trading and like learn. Cause like every stock, it's so weird how like they move. Like, Tesla is trap galore. Like it'll make traps all day long. It'll be like, oh, okay, we're going to, like it's clear as day, it's going to rip down today. Like, you know, like bad news. And then all of a sudden that hour goes up like 10, 20 points. And you're just like, what the crap? Like, so no. like the information that Elon Musk that just came out. Yeah. Did that hurt its stock at all? Or? Um, so I think it, it's looking to break out like Tesla currently, like it looks like it's going to be breaking out here pretty soon. Mm-hmm. But I mean, News is just like noise pretty much. So like, unless it's like news, it's like threatening to the company or like, like couldn't be really drastic to it. Like if it's like CEO news of the company, like it might hurt it for the day, but like mm-hmm. in the long run, it's not going to do much. That makes sense. It's so just, what you're saying is the Zuckerberg Musk fight won't change it too much. Uh, depending on who wins, it might go up. <laughs> just kidding. I can't say on what it's going to do, but I'm sure. So who do you think is going to win in the fight? Honestly, dude, I saw Zuckerberg, like his like black belt and something or something, or like really? train with a black belt. I don't know. I want, does, I want I think he does like a more tires or something. Or yeah. Or something yeah. Like I want Musk to win, but like, I feel like he's going to like rocked, you know, <laughs> but I don't know. I just Let's like Elon Musk's like personality and like how he doesn't care. Like I like how he can run successful businesses, he's but like crazy. also he's like free minded and just says he what he wants. I don't give a shit. Yeah, mentality. exactly. Yeah. I love that. Zuckerberg's just a lizard. I don't know. He's weird. <laughs> <laughs> but awesome, man. Well, I appreciate you coming on here, dude. We're definitely going to have you back on the podcast. Appreciate it's it. going to be maybe six months from now, dude. You may yeah. have hit that million dollar mark in day trade. Hopefully. Knows? <laughs> yeah, hopefully. We'll see. So sweet. Appreciate you coming on here, Braxton. Rick, do you have anything to say? No. Nope. You're good? Uh, I don't other than unless Braxton would like to reveal our track record for Pokemon battles. Oh, yeah. Brick is the current leader with, uh, I don't even know, zero to 10 or something. Like, he's yeah. like, he, he wins every Pokemon battle. <laughs> These boys got me into Pokemon investing. We we see how much the cards are going to be worth at the end of the day. Yeah. It makes us feel better when we buy our packs. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm down bad, though. That's bad. <laughs> hey, we're gonna, is there some- Siri, coming Siri. in. Siri. You're going to make the comment.